What's going on, golf addicts? It's WGC Week, March Madness. This is the DFS preview for the WGC Dell match play, the last one of its kind, possibly. DB here, Pat Perry with me. Pat, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get too much into it on this show, but yeah. congrats on the Taylor Moore, fifty to one, outright on the betting card. Hot right now. You drew the butterfly. Now you've hit two winners in what four weeks? Yeah, two and four weeks. Uh, we we had Kirk swing. Kirk at the Honda, and then and Taylor Moore this week just kind of snuck up there at the very end. You know, played super well in the back nine, and you know this is what happens when Jordan Spieth is just messing around with stuff. You know, hitting balls in the water, and Adam Schink was uh, he he was trying, he was trying hard, but yeah. uh, got a little stymied on the 18th hole behind a tree. So yeah. uh, Taylor Moore got it done for me. It was an exciting week. I'm ready to get into the match play. I'm, I love this this event. This is a fun week. It's a great week to play DFS. It really is. You just got to understand some of the nuances around it, but it's a lot of fun. We're going to have fun. The brackets just came out, so full transparency on a couple of things here. But yes. before we get started um, with, the, with the transparency, got to give a shout-out to our friends at Front Nine Coffee. The place, if you love coffee, if you love golf, okay, if, if you want to support a small business in Augusta, Georgia, if you want to support the Tour Junkies, head over to front9coffee.com, front9coffee.com. Use promo code TJ10 to get 10% off your entire order, and you can continue to use that promo code. Some of y'all haven't bought that coffee, and, and come on. like I know you drink coffee and you like us, so just give it a shot. Give it a shot. When, when you order it, they're going to then you know roast it, and they're going to grind it to your preference when you select, when you check out on the site. So when it arrives to your front door, it will be fresh. I promise. Mm-hmm. Okay, very fresh. You can get you can get my my you know my blend, which is here. You can get coffees. I mean, you can get Pat's coffee here. The bump and run, they're both del- delightful and delicious. So give it a shot. Front nine coffee, front the number nine coffee.com, promo code TJ ten. All right. So full transparency. Um. We haven't done a whole lot of preliminary research in terms of analyzing the groups yet because literally the groups were announced an hour ago, and we've been prepping for the show. We, we obviously know a lot about Austin Country Club. We're going to talk about the golf course here in a minute, talk about some of the historical, you know, what we've seen uh, in the past here at Austin CC. But at the end of the day, this is not a week to get super heavy and really digging deep into the stats and, you know, running your models and all those kind of things. It's just not one of those sort of weeks. There is a ton of variance at this golf tournament every single year. And basically, the other, the other thing I guess we, we need to get out there is you don't know anything, neither do we. Like, we're just going to yeah. throw some names. We're going to pontificate. We're going to, you know, we're going to try to convince ourselves of one thing or another. But the fact is, this match play situation is very unusual, and it is, it's, it's different. And Austin CC you know, a couple of different styles of play can can do well there. We've seen Kevin Kisner, Matt Kuchar win there. We've seen Scotty Scheffler, Billy Horschel mm-hmm. win there. We've seen bombers, short knockers, grinders, what a, whoever, guys in bad form play well. You know, the, the worst name in the group come out of, of group play. We've seen last year, I think, was the most number one seeds in, hit, in the history of this event being at Austin CC to ever come out of the 16 group play. It was eight. The year before, in 2021, there was one. His name was John Rom. So yeah. in the last two years, you've had eight top seeds come out and one top seed come out of the group play. Um, anything else you think we need to get out of the way before we talk about the, the golf course and kind of the format, Pat? 
No, I mean, I think this is a week where you just got to pick your strategy and go with it. You know, just just get you a strategy down, get you some players that you like and run with it. And it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's like March Madness. It's like if you're doing a basketball pool, same thing, you know, freaking Purdue's going to lose in the first round. Okay. So yeah. whoever is your Purdue, whoever's the number one ranked Purdue, that one's going down. You just got to figure out who your Purdue is and and who is the uh, is is the Fairleigh Dickinson. Okay, so Fairleigh we'll, Dickinson. Yeah, what the hell is even going on? Um, <laughs> I mean, last year you had like Seamus Power came out of a hard group. Takumi Kanaya came out of his group. I mean, it it just really is wild. Um, but like I said, re- recent winners: Scotty Scheffler is your defending champion. Billy Horschel, Kevin Kisner, Bubba Watson, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, also have won here at Austin CC. Um, Kiz has played in at least two or three finals, right? Yeah, Kiz, yeah. Um, and I think Scheffler has too, right? He lost yeah. to Billy Ho and lost 20- to Horschel, yeah, yeah, and then and then won the following year. You, you've got a couple other like running storylines. For example, one would be, and and I think we'll, we'll try to hit to it as we come across some of those players. But in case we forget, I do think this is worth looking at. This is the final week that you can qualify based on your world golf ranking to get into the Masters. So. At the end of the WGC Dell match play, the top 50 in the world world golf ranking after the end of this week, not previously in, are going to be in the Masters. And there are a number of players, and like I said, we'll get to them, that are just inside of that 50 or outside that 50 trying to get in there. And then, and then for the Valero next week, it's only the winner of the Valero that gets the invite to Augusta. So remember that. And I also think, even though we're a little ways out, Pat, there's still plenty of golf, right? I think there are some guys, maybe. Maybe your, your new guys, your young guys, your guys that haven't played on a Ryder Cup team or a President's Cup team yet, I think there's a handful of those guys on the outside of the Ryder Cup top six that, you know, look at this as, a, as an opportunity to say, I want to prove myself in match play to, uh, to captains, you know? I, I want to prove yeah. myself to ZJ. I want to prove myself to Luke Donald and, you know, and, and get some good match play experience on the resume if I don't already have it. For some of the veterans, I don't know that that really matters at all, even whether they're in the top six or they're not. But, I mean, I think those are a couple of, like, underlying things to pay attention to. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, they definitely want to get a little visibility when it comes to, uh, you know, possibly getting on that Ryder Cup team if they're on the edge. So, last year, so after, after this tournament last year, I, I try to go back in and I write notes, quick notes on whatever happened in the tournament. Um, to, to try to remember for next year. And here's a quote from last year's WGC notes by myself, BB. Quote, this event is so damn variable, period. There's basically no sense in trying to get six through to the elite eight or whatever you want to call it. It won't happen, parentheses, although possible. For what reason? You can pull, for that reason, you can pull some of your favorite guys out of the same side of the bracket and not feel like an absolute jackass, period. That is a quote. Uh, so we'll talk through strategy here in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, the golf course, Austin CC, Pete Dye design, par 71, around 7,100 yards. Um, like I said, kind of any style of play. There's some drivable holes here. It's, it's definitely a great match play course. Seems to be very risk-reward. Forgiving fairways, you kind of have slopes and elevation changes. Um, the greens are Bermuda, but the POA can be active at times. They're smaller than average with slopes and runoffs when missed. 
Um, you know, things that you got to have, obviously birdie or better opportunities gained, being able to, to be a scorer helps in match play. Who cares if you quad the hole, just being able to, to make birdies and, and, uh, and put pressure on your opponent is key. I think Pete Dye and match play prowess for sure can help approach play around the green going to be kind of what differentiates and, and then dropping putts on your, you know, on your opponent. Uh, like I said, not overall a heavy model week. You can uh, kind of play with your eyeballs a little bit, you know. Like, what what does the eye test tell you? What does the gut tell you? Have you been watching golf, you know? And and then and then embrace the variance is obviously what you got to do. Embrace the volatility. Understand the DK DraftKings scoring is a little different. We won't get into that, but I mean, it's you got to win matches. You got to win holes. You, that's what you got to do. So um, you can be aware of that. Winner plays seven matches, Pat. Seven matches. So it's kind of a grind. I mean. If you yeah. make it Saturday and Sunday, you're 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 playing a lot of golf, and and while you may have some matches end early, it's still it's still a lot of golf. So, um, yeah. And then my my note here, similar to what my quote my quote said is, you know, if you want to build the optimal lineup, trying to get six of your golfers into the final eight, you can do that because yes, it is possible. But I'm telling you. I don't think I saw one last year in any contest. I didn't see one person do that. Maybe you did. Congratulations. If you did, you won all the money, I bet. I bet you won it all. It is just really hard to do that. Um, so, sure, like, build optimally. Build your lineups optimally. But at the same time, like, I don't think it's, a, it, I don't think it's terrible to have one or two players that are coming out of that same segment. And we'll... we'll Open up the bracket here in a minute and talk more in detail about what we're talking about. I don't think it's a crime to have two players come out of that one group if they're strong groups, if they're strong players, and you feel strongly about it because I'm just telling you, getting six of six into the Elite Eight was non-existent last year. So Yeah, no, I agree. I, I can recall last year I thought I had some just great DK lineups because I was getting people through the groups and whatever and didn't cash uh, like at all. So... It is, it is definitely, um, you know, it's just one of those weeks. But um, it's fun, though. I enjoy a little different format every once in yeah, a while. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, is this true? Kevin Joyner in the chat. No practice rounds allowed this year? Good luck, first-timers. Is that true? What, what's, why, would what's they, your... why would they not allow practice rounds? Yeah, what's your source there? I will say I wanted to talk about the weather. I looked at it before we, uh, before we came on here, Pat. Uh, by the way, oh, it starts on Wednesday. Welcome to Further Variance. we got to remind ourselves of that. It starts mm -hmm. on Wednesday, so make sure to get your bets in, get your lineups in early. That's why we're doing the show early. The betting show is going to come out early. All the content, we're going to try and speed up. The, the Wednesday night live chat in the, in the Nut Hut is now going to be on Tuesday night in the Nut Hut, tomorrow night. So, um, you know, be prepared. It is going to happen on Wednesday. So I'm looking at the weather. I don't see any rain going on um, at all until maybe Friday. But, you know, we talk about Texas winds, right? I mean, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sustained winds in the 12 to 15 miles an hour on Wednesday with gusts in the mid to high 20s. Um, Thursday, gusts in the 30s. Friday blustery again i mean you know pretty typical texas win so i think there's an edge to to win players solid iron stri ball strikers texas connections of course um uh, you love those you love those local I connections i love geographical connections yeah. just announced on golf channel five minutes ago why what is the reason for that 
Can you can we do some research? Can somebody do some research? There's gotta be a reason that they wouldn't allow practice rounds. That's crazy. Unless the course is just like saturated with water and it's like unplayable. Why would they not want you on there practicing? Hmm. That is very interesting to me. Is that on Twitter anywhere too? Can we can we can we source that while we're doing this live? Um before look, all right, so we're gonna talk through we're gonna talk through the, the, the ranges. We're gonna open up the open up the bracket here. And while we're doing more research on the uh, on this whole practice round thing, we might have to text the caddy and figure and, and get it. Yeah, that really would suck for a first timer having not played Austin CC. If uh, well, and it also gives an advantage. It's a, like a super disadvantage to them. Doesn't right. seem very fair. Jeez. Um. Okay. Okay. We'll Before figure that we out. That, we do have to thank our friends and our new partner at Picket. And there are a lot of reasons why you should be signed up for Picket. Number one, it's a free app and you don't pay for anything in the app and they pay you cash to download it. Number two, if you're betting on sports or you're playing prize picks or underdog, you can sync your accounts and track your bets. I'm going to talk about a, a different segment of Picket almost every time I, I, I talk about this app because it is so much fun to use and I'm loving it. By the way, this screenshot only shows we, I have four followers. We've racked up a ton of followers since we uh, started this. So I need to get a new screenshot. but. Picket is the ultimate bet tracker and fantasy tracker, and that's very important for you to keep track of, and it's important to know who you're following and who you're possibly tailing to keep track of. Um, so, for example, you can see here in the screenshot, it's kind of your profile, all the different books, plus some that you can sync. When you click the link, click the link in the YouTube video or in the podcast to download the Picket app for free, make sure you put in TJ in the referral code, and you are going to get either $3 or $100 sent to you by PayPal or via PayPal by Picket just for downloading the app and syncing up one book or prize picks or underdog, whatever. But here's what I want to show you. This is the calendar view. This is my calendar view for prize picks and underdog in January and February. And you can look at this for anybody on Picket. You can see total profit. You can see their record. You can see units plus or minus all time this month, this week, yesterday, today. Anything they've got going, you can check it out. Um, now, March is not off to the hottest start, but you know. Um, it, and so I highly encourage everybody to do this because you need to be tracking what you're doing because eventually you'll be able to see, like, what am I good at? Am I good at price picks? What's my ROI? Am I good at round robins? Am I better at parlays? What should I be avoiding? Am I good at player props? All these things will be synced, even your historical data from these, these sites, once you download the Picket app. And again, it is free, iOS and Android. Check it out. We're really grateful for our friends at Picket. They are awesome. Awesome, awesome. All right. Uh, did we learn anything on this? This is unbelievable. Pat, have you been researching? Or what I doing? have not seen it. No, I've been looking, but I haven't, I haven't figured anything out yet. Um, trying to think if there's anything else we need to like talk through before, before we get to like the brackets. Um, I guess not. I, yeah, I guess not. All right. Let's go. Let's 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 share the screen here. So here is we'll just talk through these. Why don't we do this, Pat? What if we go through each group first and then we'll get to the DraftKings pricing? What if we go through each group first and just say like hard bracket, easy bracket, first like gut reaction to potential players here. So Okay. All right. Group group 1, I believe, is uh Scotty Scheffler, Davis Riley, Tom Kim, Alex Norman. By the way, I saw on Twitter 
Scotty Scheffler defeated Davis Riley in the 2013, was it USAM? And, and Davis Riley called a penalty on himself to lose. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Isn't that crazy? Davis Riley's a good guy, though. He's a very good guy. He's a Bama boy, but he's a good guy. Yeah. So, all right. You got Tom Kim in here, who's uh, kind of cooled off a little bit. Alex Noren, who actually has a very good, um, uh, very good match play record. Uh, he does. He is... Alex Norton is 11 and 5 at Austin CC in match play and 14 yeah. 7 overall. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, what do we think here? Well, I mean, I think it would be very hard to bet against um, Scotty Scheffler coming out of this um, bracket. I, I think that I think Norton would be the one that's going to give him the most challenge um, over Riley and Tom really? Kim. Just the way Tom Kim's been playing lately. You know what he's not doing? I, I feel like is making a lot of birdies. I'd have to go look at his stats for, for more recently on Birdie or Better, but um, I, I just haven't seen a whole lot from him lately, and I, I think that um, yeah, he's 41st in the field in Birdie or Better percentage over his last 36 rounds. So I, I feel like Scheffler's just it, – it'd be hard for me to go against Scheffler. It's, it's chalk for me in, in Group 1. Scheffler on DraftKings, 11-1. Um, Davis Riley, 7,300. Tom Kim is 8,700, and Alex Norin is 7,000. It definitely feels like Tom Kim is maybe the worst value here based on the recent play um, out, of, out of the bunch. But, I mean, I don't know. I, right off the bat, just first look, I'm, I'm a little tempted to play Davis Riley. Just the, the value is strong. Just had a good finish at the Valspar again. Uh, saw him play well at the API. I, I think that's an interesting value, but but you mentioned Alex Thorne at seven thousand. That that's a nice one too. So yeah, it is. This doesn't seem like this a super difficult group for Scheffler. Maybe I don't know. I guess we'll keep looking at him and see what we think. So this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying like if you want to build optimal lineups, if you want to build optimal lineups, you will pick one player out of the two groups that play against each other in the next round. So you know because that way, if you pick Scotty and Sungjae. Only one is going to make it to the Elite Eight. So you're already putting a guy in your lineup that's dead to make it to the final eight players, therefore ruining your chances of getting six of six through to the, to the final eight, which is, again, extremely unlikely anyway. So that's what I'm saying when I'm saying playing different players, playing one player from each two-group segment right here. So just, just so we know. All right, let's go to Group 16, who will be playing against the Scheffler group in the next round. Sung Jay, Mav McNeely, Tommy Fleetwood, JT Poston. This one seems a little more evenly matched to me. Like I, I feel like all these guys kind of do some of the same things well. There's not like an overwhelmingly, there's not like a bomber in this group. There's they're all kind of flashing some form to an extent. Maybe Mav is probably the worst form incoming. Um I, I, I think we're getting like a rested Sung Jay, right? I mean, we haven't seen yeah. Sung Jay in at least a week. My God. So he's got to be feeling fresh. Finished sixth at the players. Um, so let's see. Sung Jay is 9,400 Fleetwood, 8,300 McNeely, 6,800 and JT Poston, 6,300. That is very cheap for JT Poston. I feel like this is an evenly matched group, but I think you could get weird here with this one. Yeah. And this is where I think you could save a little cash too. I think you can get a little you know, a little crazy here and, and just go maybe with a, a little bit of a long shot and, and save some money. Um, 
JT Poston's played here once, um, <clears throat> and his record was one, one, and one. So it doesn't tell you a whole lot there. Um, Sung Jay's three and five here uh, at Austin CC, five and six overall match play. Tommy Ladd um, is 11 and 10 and three in overall match play, eight, seven, and two at Austin CC. Mav, we probably don't have much of anything. He's, oh, well, he's 2 0 oh, and 1. I remember that. He, he, um, didn't he not come out of his group being 2 0 oh, and 1 last year? I think I remember that. Maybe not. So, what do we think? I mean, Tommy is playing really good right now. He's hitting it really good. But Sung Jay and JT, oh, this is a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm inclined to go Tommy here, get him at 8,300, save you a little money. Saves you eleven hundred off of Sung Jay. He's at ninety four hundred. So I th- and I feel like Tommy can can win this group fairly easily. Not easily. I mean, we know it's it's tough, mm-hmm. but um, I would feel good about that one. So I, I'm leaning Fleetwood there and saving a little cash over Sung Jay. I think if you really want to get crazy though, you go JT Post. I, I know. I was looking at it. So JT at the Valspar, gain strokes off the tee, was very good on approach. Um, lost a little bit around the green, but probably because the approach was so hot, he didn't have a whole lot of chances. Gained some strokes putting. Let's see where did he end up. So he, he ended up, where is he? One, two, three, four, five. He, fifth, he was the fifth highest strokes gained approach of last week at the Valspar of guys who made the cut. Wyndham Clark, Eric Van Ruyen, Matt Wallace, and Jason Duffner, the only guys that, that played better than he did in terms of approach play last week. That's strong. Poston's interesting at a, at a cheap price. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's keep moving. So then you've got group eight and nine will be playing against each other. Group eight is Victor Hovland, Matt Kuchar, Chris Kirk, Siwoo Kim in group eight. Hmm. I think I want to fade Hovland here. Really? Yeah. Hovland is at 9,600. Chris Kirk is at 78. Kucher, who's got a really good track record here, is at 7,100. And Siwoo is at 75. For me, it's between Siwoo and Chris Kirk. I think Chris Kirk just, what's his match play? It's three, three and two six, here. Four overall, three and two yeah. here. Um, Siwoo is just such a he's six nine and three overall five eight and three yeah. here at uh, at Austin. Um, man, he he seems like this the perfect match play guy, but he's kind of maybe he's kind of not. Why, why are we fading Hovland? I, I, I he just seems like a guy that could lose in the first round or just lose and not make it out and piss everybody off. I mean, with the wind projections up a little bit, I'm intrigued by Hovland's. I mean, the the ball striking has still been really good. Yeah, he's three, three, three and three also. Third at the Players, tenth at the Arnold Palmer, twentieth at the Genesis, eighteenth here last year. Uh, I mean, I I would love for Siwoo to be good, but I think Hovland is just such a better player than all three of these guys. To me, Hovland is the guy. Would you worry a little bit about his scrambling around this golf course? Yeah. I mean, I worry about it on any golf course. Yeah, but this one I feel like there is a little bit of... Is it that hard, though, to scramble on? I don't know. 
I mean, if he's missing greens, like if Victor Hovland's missing greens, we probably we got issues anyway. Like I, I just yeah. count on him. I count on him in a match play situation, just hitting so many more greens than anybody else, especially with the wind up. And so you're just annoyed because you're scrambling and he's not. That's what I'm bang. I mean, uh, yeah, if he's missing greens, I know that I'm already in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, do we have any further? Oh, Kevin's got a video. I don't, I, we're not gonna be able to pull up the video on the, while we're doing this. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Todd Lewis said, guys, we're getting ready for a practice round. Oh, okay. So what, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. So maybe we, maybe Kevin, are you start? are you, are you rumor milling this? Are you uh, trying to, are, are you rabble rousing? <laughs> you a little tomfoolery here. You're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to get people to, to not play your rookies or something. What's going on? All right. Next group, group nine, who would play against the winner coming out of the Victor Hovland group. Colin Morikawa, Victor Perez, Jason Day, and Adam Svensson. Sounds like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this is a, this, this is a, Stripe show here. I mean, this is a strong group. I mean, don't sleep on Victor Perez. Okay, so we're getting so our, our buddy Alex is texting. Um, there are let's see, course open to yeah, so practice rounds, practice rounds still on the website for today and tomorrow. Okay, um, so Morikawa, Perez, Jason Day, Svensson. I mean, a day previous champion here. Um, obviously in tremendous form i i don't think i i think the i think i don't want morikawa here especially considering i mean 9500 for morikawa jason day's 91 which isn't that much of a victor perez is 65 and svensson is 67 victor perez went deep here one year didn't he no, I think you're. We we went over this before. You're thinking of the other Frenchman, Victor Dubuisson. No, Victor Perez went deep here too. He's he's four and three here at Austin. Okay, all right. I'm not. Hang on. I'll I'll tell you. Hold on. He he finished. Well, if he's four, it was four and yeah. three. Then that he means made he made it to the final four in 2021. He finished fourth. Okay. Well, I like Victor Perez. That's what I said earlier. I don't think I would sleep on him. Where did he finish last week too? Didn't he? Yeah, he finished 45th. Svensson. Uh, Svensson didn't play last week. He's coming off a really good run. I mean, yeah. 13th, the players. Um, who was the other? Who's the other one? Uh, Jason. Oh, yeah, Jason. I mean, this is tough. I could see Svensson or Victor playing spoiler here, but God dang, Jason Day is looking very, very nice right here to me. Well, and he is solidly in the field now at the Masters, I would say. Yeah. But a, a decent. You know, good showing could also. Where is he? Is he like forty first. What is he in the world right now? Uh, I don't know, but he's he's. I think he's comfortably. I don't think he's an issue. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say Victor Perez is not qualified for the Masters. He is sixty first in the world golf ranking. So I mean, he'd have to have. He he'd have to go pretty deep here. A deep run would. Would maybe jump him in. Yeah, I don't know exactly what he'd have to do, but he'd another one that we've already talked about that's kind of there is Maverick McNeely is not in the Masters. He's at 70th. I mean, he'd probably have to win. Yeah, I don't think that's Perez would probably have to make it to the... Yeah, he'd probably have to do something like that too. 
I think I lean day here, though. I mean, this, the, the smartest hockey play. The smartest play is day, for sure. Which is gonna but be if, if I'm going to get a little crazy and save some money, too, I, I think I would go Victor Perez. Over Svensson? Over Svensson, yeah. Just because of the experience angle? Experience angle. A um, little added motivation to try his best to maybe get into the Masters. Um, Svensson's already in. Obviously, he won it at uh, yeah. the RSM. Not that that's the only, like, I'm not a huge narrative guy, but I do think, you know, some of these guys, like, on the edge, like Victor Perez, you know, Minwoo Lee's in the field. I think he's probably going to get in anyway, but there is a little added motivation there, for mm -hmm. sure. All right, let's take a look at group four, which, so I'm, I'm, we're going through these groups because these groups will be on the same side of the bracket, so this is on the left side of the bracket here. Um so this one, group four, is going to play against group 13. Group four is led by Patrick Cantlay with Nick Taylor, Brian Harmon, and K.H. Lee. Now, this is a prototypical group that will bone everyone because everyone is going to say, Patrick Cantlay, to me, got an easy draw here. Immediately, that's the first. When I'm looking at the groups, the first, the first one first I got group. to is this one. I'm like, I'm taking Cantlay. Which I, means... Cantlay is getting tossed in pod. In, in yeah, pod. he's not going. I mean, who's going to toss him? I think Pro it, may, maybe KH Lee with as many birdies as he can make. I, I don't know. He he had a good weekend. KH had a good weekend. He was in. Uh, by the way, the sleepers video last week, Pat. Did you watch the sleepers video by chance? No, I didn't. Oh man, you should have. It was a great one. Mm -hmm. Um. The sleeper the week before was a great one. Well, the week before was hilarious. Now it, th they were both great, but for different reasons. The okay. week before was because I was hammered and, I, and it, was, it was I'd said some weird stuff. But both players missed the cut. Okay. Okay. So that's technically for people that are wanting some good information. Yeah. It was not a good week. Yeah. Last week was a good week, but I was not hammered. I, I did wear a hoodie over my head, which interesting look i did see that here. actually yeah i did see that because I, somebody I, commented that he's like hoodie over your head is like tj's jump the shark i was like what what's that what because i have a hoodie on i don't know um but no last week i had cagely as a sleeper who finished t19 and i had your best bud matt wallace who could have mm -hmm. won and kind of gagged it away on sunday who finished t7 so a t7 and a t19 in a sleepers video we're, we're, we're cooking with grease here. Uh, anyway, Cage Lee had a good week last week. So I could see Cage Lee being something. He's only played one match. I guess that was in President's Cup. He's never played here. He was 1-0. and He won that one. And then, I mean, are we? Nick Taylor's had a quietly solid year. Now, I, I think Nick Taylor does everything quietly. And I don't know if, right? I mean, yeah. does he do anything? Anything? I mean, Cantley's 10-7. Okay. Uh, Nick Taylor is 6,600. KH Lee is 6,400. And Harmon, who did finally show some semblance of form uh, at the players where he finished 44th, but then he missed the cut last week at the Valspar. Uh, Harmon is 7,400, if I'm looking at that correctly. Dude, I, I don't know. I... Harmon's... Now, if you want the the guy like you talked about at the start that is not really in great form, that all of a sudden just shows up and plays well here and maybe makes a run to like the Elite Eight, probably could be Harmon. He fits the profile, missing three of his last four cuts. Yeah. 
Um, and he's got a decent match play record. He's I think five and four here. Um, yeah, five, four, and three. But still, it, it's I may just play Cantlay, and it is what it is. If I get screwed, that's what happens. But I just feel like he's over and above these other three. I'm feeling ballsy in this group, dude. I got a feeling. I, I feel like I. You know who? You know who the last person in the field who wants to play seven rounds of golf? Patrick Cantlay. He does not want to play seven matches. He doesn't. <laughs> so. Probably true. And he's he he he's ready to just. Why well, do you know he doesn't? What chill. if he what if he likes like? Hey, I feel like Patrick Cantlay does not really enjoy playing professional golf. I just don't. He just gives me the vibe. That vibe. Not not to the same extent these other guys do. Um, what would you think Cantlay would be doing if he didn't play professional golf? He he would be doing what he would be in the finance world. He'd be doing like your job. I think you're. I think he'd be like at the. He'd be in the finance world. And he'd be in the locker room at a country club late in the afternoon, having a couple beers, playing gym. Yeah, that's what he'd be doing. Yeah, that, that's what he'd like to. He'd like to do. He, I guarantee you, he does not want to get. He does not want to get. He might want to get out of group play. He does not want to get farther than that. So, and and this is going to be the chalk. Cantlay is going to be the chalk. So this is where you think you just you I just have to say, hey, you, I'm going to yeah. take a guy in here, pivot. Yeah, and I think it's Cage Lee. I think I'm going Cage Lee. I like Kate. All right, um, next group. So the group that would play the winner of the Cantlay group is coming out of group 13, led by Sam Burns, who flashed some form despite uh, him being the chalk bomb last week at the Valspar. Adam Hadwin, Seamus Power, and Adam Scott. This group just seems real tough to nail down for me. Like, um, Burns is 8,800. Hadwin seventy five hundred, Power seventy two hundred, and Adam Scott seventy eight hundred. I don't know. Oh, this, that's how we feel about this group. So Adam Hadwin, uh, very limited match play record, one zero and two here. Adam Scott, ton of match play record um, overall. He's twenty three, twenty four, and two. That would include Presidents Cup, obviously. Here in Austin, he is four one and two. Um, who else are we looking at? Seamus and uh, Seamus and uh, Burns. Sam Burns is has never played here. Um, he's got a he's got a draw in. Um, I guess that was at the Presidents Cup. Seamus Power came out of group play last year three and two. I just don't. I I I don't like any of this, honestly. Why did Sam Burns not play in this last year? You know, I think that's interesting. I mean, JT, Justin Thomas is skipping this. There's a couple of guys that are skipping this. They're well, I know he had probably just won his, the Valspar, but... I just think... I, I, I think there's some guys that maybe... I don't know. They don't like it for one reason or another. They don't like the golf course. Or they, don't, they, don't, they don't care to get... They don't want to play seven matches. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I kinda, none of these are really, I mean, Seamus hasn't been that great lately. Yeah. Scott's been okay. Yeah. Adwin's been all right. I mean, I feel like this is a crapshoot. I'm staying away from this group. You may just throw a dart at this one and see where yeah. it goes. Yeah. 
Ask your wife. Ask your wife to pick. Yeah, it's like it's like in the in the you know in the yes, basketball yes. bracket. Yeah. You know, maybe put two, maybe put four bowls in front of your dog and see which one. You know, just put Burns on one, Power Scott had one. See which one they like. Yeah, g- yeah. Get a little Winston over there to run over to that kibble and, and yeah, and see which bowl label the kibbles and see which bowl he goes and gets. Um, that's that's pretty funny. What are some other fun things that what, – what are some other fun ways you could randomly choose between four players? Put that in the comments. Maybe we'll do that. That could be fun. That could be fun uh, social media content for the week, Pat. I'd love for you to get involved in some social media content. Maybe this week could be a great a – great I'll see what I can – yeah, I mean, I like the idea. What if you, what if you, you, know, you spray-painted four quadrants in your yard and then, and then put the players' names on them and you let little Golby, your, your fat-ass golden retriever, let him – Whoa, out. whoa, whoa. There's and no whichever, reason to – Whichever quadrant he, he – he, he takes a dump in as the player that we pick, huh? Well, I don't know if I would I would want to do that, but I could figure out something interesting. By I the way, with this group, you got two S's and two A's. I wonder how, how that got that happened. You, what? Know, uh, you got a Sam and a Seamus and an Adam and an Adam. Okay. I mean, that's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's the show for today. Appreciate everybody. Mayor screens. Okay, no, out. but listen, I yeah, I might try something on some of these because there's, there's do something. It's some of these groups. You're just you're just gonna have to pick somebody and see yeah. what happens. It's random as 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 all get out. Um, all right, cool. That, that'll be fun. Let's let's keep it moving. By the way, don't forget the Masters contest going on. You can win free merch from Augusta, people. Free merch, and there's you're running out of time. We're gonna have to make decisions on who's winning this next week. You got three ways to win. Here's what you got to do. Now, what, what's going to happen if you win? Oh, well, we're going to get your sizes. We're going to get your wish list because you can't get here for the Masters, and we'll be here. And we're going to go be your personal shopper, spend our money on getting you some merch, and we're going to ship it to your door that easy. All right, here's the first winner. It's going to win $500 in Masters merch. All you got to do is leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. Leave your Instagram or Twitter handle or your email address so if you win, we can contact you. Write something nice. Give us some feedback on the show. Five-star review on Spotify as well if you're on Spotify. Then another winner is going to win 300 in merch. All you got to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel. So right here, if you're watching, click the subscribe button. Okay, That way you know when we go live. Sometimes we go live randomly. Sometimes we don't go live when we say we are. It's, it's, it's the Wild West here on TJ headquarters. Okay, We're a small shop. Subscribe on YouTube. All right, Like the video while you're here. And then another winner is going to win $200 in merch. All you have to do is subscribe to our weekly email list. We are giving you incredible content twice a week, getting you ready for DFS, for betting on golf. Every single week, you get the heavy petting email and the chalk bomb email, all full of goodies for DFS and betting decisions. So if you subscribe to that, you, you get a chance to win 200 bucks as well. So three winners, all the links, the link to subscribe is in the description of the video or the podcast. Just subscribe now and you're in. If you're already subscribed, if you're already subscribed on YouTube, and if you've already done a review, guess what? You're already in. All right, let's keep it moving. Um, all right, we get, okay. So Max Homa, group group five and group twelve are playing each other. Max Homa, Justin Suh, Hideki, and Kevin Kisner here. Okay. This is a group here now. Now this, okay, yeah, but I I, I don't think it is. Like, okay, Max is 10-1. Hideki's 86. Justin Suh is 73, and Kiz is 72. To me. I've been I've been riding him, riding him, and I'm gonna keep on riding him. This is one 
where I'll take the favorite. I'll take Max Homa here every day of the week. Um, I mean, Hideki, I think, is, gonna, is, is okay. But I, speaking of a guy who probably doesn't want to play seven matches, that's probably Hideki, uh, given his injury-prone self. I mean, he did play well at the players, which, by the way, if you were in the Discord, you were in the Discord, you got a little nuggy the night before the players, and uh, hopefully you played a little Hideki Matsuyama who ended up finishing fifth. Uh, that's a little kind of, kind of some of the nuggies that we give are good. Some of them don't work out. Some of them do. Hideki worked out at the players. But I just don't see Hideki really going too deep here. Um, and Kiz is just not I, – I know last year we talked about, like, Kiz just doesn't seem to be the same Kiz, but we still were kind of tempted to play him. But this year he's really I, – I just don't – I don't – I'm not seeing it. So I think this is head and shoulders Max Homa. I do agree. I think Max Homa is certainly the favorite. Um, of any of the groups, this is probably the biggest favorite to come out. Um, I would love to be able to play Kiz because of his match play record and every. I mean, he is just he lives for this kind of stuff. But I just feel like he's still struggling with you know with these Wilson irons and you know trying to kind of find it a little bit out there. And I I don't want to I don't want to take that risk for for me. So I, I still think I'd probably go Homa here. Um, I mean, Kisner's match play record is overwhelming. It's, it's unreal. Incredible. Yeah. He has won 69% of his matches and 76 of them, 76% of his matches here at Austin Country Club. I mean, it's really good, but you just cannot tell me this dude is the same. He's just not the same player right now. Like you said, whether it's the irons or the coaching changes, all the stuff is just yeah. very suboptimal right now now i do think justin Suh is, is a little bit of a sneaky play here he's a great putter um you know i think that you know now this is probably i'm assuming his first time playing yeah. match play so that's going to be a, a little bit you know tough for him but I, I think he is interesting if you wanted to for some reason fade homa which i i really don't think you do um to me the one out of this group that i'd probably go with would be justin Suh, just with the way he's playing. Um, you know, he's just he's just such a solid player. But Homa really is is just the form and everything else. He he's the one to take here. So I mean, basically, if we're talking about some of the guys up top, we've already gone through. I am eating the chalk on Max Homa at ten at ten thousand one hundred on DraftKings for sure. Um, fading the chalk of Patrick Cantlay at ten seven. Very tempted by Scotty Scheffler at 11-1, but we'll see how it shakes out. And the next stud is in the next group, and it is Jordan Spieth at 10,200 in leading off group 12. Uh, he's going to have to face Mackenzie Hughes, Shane Lowry, and Taylor Montgomery. Lowry priced at 8,400. Uh, Montgomery at 7,400. And Hughes, who has absolutely sucked lately, is at 6,100. I, I mean... <laughs> I'm not taking McKenzie Hughes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not either. I was just about to say, like, strange things happen. That's what we've been preaching this whole time. Yeah. I'll go ahead and strike a line through him on my bracket. 100%. Like, draw the line here. Like, this guy yeah. has been terrible lately. So, Jordan Spieth, who obviously played really well at the Valspar, uh, had a decent week at the Players, is tempting. Shane Lowry, Taylor Montgomery. So, Taylor Montgomery, probably no, ma uh, no match play record to speak of. Uh, in terms of Jordan, he is 10, 7, and 3 here at Austin CC, 16, 15, and 4 all time, winning records on, uh, on both of those. And then in terms of Shane Lowry, he is 2, 7, and 3 here at Austin Country Club and 7, 16, and 3 
all time. I mean, Jordan has got the overwhelming edge in both recent form and experience here and match play record. To me, it actually comes down to either Jordan or Taylor Montgomery. I could see Taylor Montgomery causing problems here with that putter. I mean, a, a guy that can roll it like he does in match play. He's throwing daggers on you and you're getting upset. Like I mean, you're sitting there like Jordan's no. got a 15 footer and, you know, and then all of a sudden, like yesterday when Adam Schink throws down the, the 70 footer for birdie yeah. and then, and then Jordan ends up missing his, I mean, I think Taylor can do that to you. He can frustrate you a little bit with the putts that he can make. Um, you know, I like the way Jordan's been playing. Yeah. Um, but I could see him, too, just messing around this week, just trying to kind of continue doing what he's doing, preparing himself for Augusta, and Taylor Montgomery just sneaking out of this group, and you get a lower price for Montgomery. So for me, I, I think I may I may fade Spieth and go with Montgomery here. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm, I could definitely be talked into it. $7,400. Uh, by the way, you just mentioned something interesting. And I found an old quote on this. I put this in the nut hut, but we'll share it here on the show. You talked about him preparing for Augusta. I think it was last year, but someone asked Justin Thomas um, about his play at the match play, who, like I said, is not here. And he's already come out and said he just doesn't love the golf course and doesn't, he doesn't play well. Yeah. But he said this. He said, so somebody kind of asked him a question about the unpredictable nature of match play, blah, blah, blah. He says, clearly, I don't like it. I've not played the place very well. And when you get guys like Kisner, Cooch, and Louie in your group, you don't play the course well, and you don't play very well, that equals you going home on Friday. He says, um, he says, but after we knew, we didn't have a chance on Thursday. So what happens sometimes is, you know, when you're starting to go through this round-robin play, certain guys are going to be dead come yeah. their third match. Like, it doesn't matter what they do, they're dead. And he says, coming out of this, or we, didn't, we knew we didn't have a chance on, on Thursday. Jimmy and I, just caddy Jimmy Johnson, went out Friday, and we're like, we're going to use this round to get ready for Augusta. If there's a shot that calls for a stock shot, we'll say, all right, let's try to work this one to get ready for a tee shot on 13 at Augusta. You know, you could have a hole like seven as long as it was playing Friday at the match play. You could be like, this is like four out here, the up tee or left pin or something like that. Obviously still wanted to win my match, but at the end of the day, my week was done with, and I was trying to use that that day as the beginning of trying to get ready for Augusta. All that to say, Hello, variance. Like, this is where it can just get it, it, it. There's just more weirdness that can go down with how these guys attack and, and you know, where you're left if a guy in your lineup is drawing dead, right? Um, so remember that for live betting. Remember that for showdown, possibly. Um, remember that for whatever. I think that's good to know. And you, you brought it up. So, yeah. All right. Let's look at the next section of the brackets. All right, let's 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 go to Rory's group. Group three playing group fourteen. Rory, Scott Stallings, Keegan Bradley, and Denny McCarthy. Now, uh, of note, Denny McCarthy is currently the fifty eighth ranked golfer in the world, not currently playing Augusta. Um, if I'm looking at, oh, I was gonna look. I was looking at something. Uh, Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup Keegan is currently number 12 in the Ryder Cup standings. Top six are locks. And traditionally, the U.S. goes very by the book in terms of picking guys. So you want to be in that top 12 if you can. Uh, so I think, that's, I think that's interesting as well. McCarthy's actually number 17 in the Ryder Cup standings. Um, so what do we think about this group? Rory's obviously 
head and shoulders the most talented player here. First. Yeah, and Keegan has an awful match play record. Very bad. I mean, it's terrible. And I'm um, sure Stallings and Denny probably have very little match play record. Yeah, I don't see Denny that he's even played in this. Um, Stallings has not played in this either. I mean, you know me, I always kind of lean towards Rory, but um, I could see somebody like Denny sneaking up and coming out of this group. He's really the only one to me that if I'm not going to play Rory, I, I, I'd go Denny, just with the way Denny's been playing too lately. Um, so Rory comes in at 10-5. Keegan at 7,700. Stallings is at 62. He's really cheap. McCarthy at 69. I think I agree with you. I think if I'm not going Rory, which I could see myself not going Rory. Yeah, I mean, he's just known to just put up a stinker like he did at the players. And match play is weird. So I don't, I don't know. I can see myself going Denny too. Going back to the putting thing. I mean, just That's what I was about to say, another really good putter that can, that can do some damage to your brain knocking putts all over the place. So Rory's. Like I, he's interesting to me when it comes to match play. <clears throat> like he's a he's a very passionate guy, and you feel like he's um you know like into the Ryder Cup and all that kind of stuff. I mean he was he was in tears after the last Ryder Cup loss. Yeah. Um. But something like this, I just don't know if he you know how much he really cares about it, and um, I could see him doing just like what JT was saying, doing yeah. a little more like maybe he loses his first match starts to figure out halfway through the second match that there's a chance that if he loses that he might be going home early anyway and he just starts working on stuff. Yeah. Um, and to me, if, if, if I'm looking at a guy who's probably going to take this a lot more seriously and who's been playing well anyway um, and a good putter, you got Denny McCarthy right there and you're getting him for 6,900. I'd feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's I think that's good. This group is uh, group fourteen. That's going to be playing against the winner of Rory's group is Terrell Hatton, Ben Griffin, Russell Henley, and Lucas Herbert. A lot of good storylines in this group. Obviously, Terrell Hatton is playing fantastic right now. I've already seen some folks in the chat talking about loving Terrell Hatton. I think he is going to be uh, the chalky play out of this range for sure. He is at nine k even. Ben Griffin, who's been playing extremely well, though, is very tempting at the price of $6,500. That, that is very cheap. Russell Henley at $7,100, and Lucas Earbert at $6,300. Uh, a couple things to note here, Terrell Hatton, in terms of Ryder Cup standings, as good as he's playing, Terrell Hatton is 14th in European Ryder Cup standings, which is, was kind of shocking to me. I'm surprised he was that, uh, he, he was that high. I, th I thought he would be closer to top six. Um, Lucas Herbert is 56th in the world golf ranking, needing to get inside the top 50 after this week to make it to Augusta. By the way, Taylor Montgomery, who we talked about earlier, 57th in the world golf ranking. Denny McCarthy, 58th in the world golf ranking. Um, who else here? That might be it. I mean, to me, it's definitely between Hatton and Griffin. I could see this being a group where Okay, so, so I talked about how it's obviously optimal to build lineups where you're only picking, let's, let's look at group three and group 14, for example, where you're only picking one player out of that, those two groups so that you're trying to optimize your lineup to get six into the final eight. However, I did say that's very hard to do, 
and there were going to be some sections of the bracket where you could pick two out of that same group and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I kind of like that here for these two groups. I, I honestly like. I know it's suboptimal. Call me a a dummy, but like Hatton and Griffin are both t- enticing to me. I could see Ben Griffin doing well here. Yeah, I, I could too. I mean. I think if you are going to take a little bit of a, a chance there and do what you're saying, you you definitely probably have to put Hatton in there and go with some chalk, but then, you know, and then go with Griffin. Mm-hmm. But Griffin can certainly do some damage in this group. Listen, you're not coming to the Tour Junkie show to get, like, super data nerd stuff, okay? That's not what we're doing. But I'm just telling you, not a damn lineup last year had six players in the final eight. And I don't care how many people built optimally for that so if i can get four into the final eight you guys are going to be i'm going to be making all the monies so all right let's keep it moving xander shoffle uh his group group six will play the winner of group 11 which is fitzpatrick's xander leading off uh group six at ten thousand three hundred. cam davis who started to play well again is at 6600 which seems like Quite the mm-hmm. value. Tom Hoagie, who's been a, has who's been hot this year, seventy seven hundred, and oh boy, my boy Aaron Aaron Wise, the eight hundred. God dang it! Now th- you know I, I'm not at all in, I'm not at all tempted by Aaron Wise. I'll come out and say it. I'm not, which means he's probably going to win, but I'm not at all tempted. I mean, honestly, I think this is kind of an interesting group. I think this is kind of a challenging group. I think it, it is. Davis playing well, Hoagie playing well, Xander. I mean, Wise is obviously talented. He's just sucking right now. What is Hoagie? Yeah, he did not play well last year here. No, but doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Xander's record here is 5-4-3. and three. Overall, he's 7-5-3. and three. Uh, Tom Hoagie, 0-2-1 here last year. Um, who else? Oh, Wise and uh, who's the other person? Oh, Cam Davis. Cam Davis has not played here before, and neither has, I don't think Aaron Wise has either. Oh, yes, he has. He's one and two. Um, you got Hoagie, U.S. Ryder Cup. Hoagie is currently ninth in U.S. Ryder Cup, which I thought was interesting. Xander Xander is 15th. What if I told you that at the beginning of the season? Xander's 15th? Xander is 15th in the U.S. Ryder Cup standings. Harris English is ahead of Xander right now. Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. What do we want here? What do you want to do? What did Xander do at... Uh, this might be a stay-away group for me. I don't like this group. Actually, I you, know, actually you know what? I, th- I think I might take Hoagie. Hoagie at 7,700, or if I really just want to go, like, if I want some value in the 6K, Cam Davis at 66 is interesting. The only thing that scares me is, like, he's, we've, only, we've only seen him play one tournament well. I mean, it was the last one he played, which was the players, where he finished sixth. He played very well. But other than that, like, he has been terrible. That scares me a little bit, but I don't know. I don't know. When I first looked at it, I started thinking Cam Davis could be. If I'm going to if I'm gonna hate this group and just pivot out of it, maybe go Cam Davis. Yeah. And then that's going to allow me to fit in some of, some of these other guys up top that I want to go with. All right, let's look at Group 11, who would be playing the winner of the Xander Schauffele group. That is Matthew Fitzpatrick, who is on the struggle bus lately. Um. 8,500 for Fitzy. JJ Spawn also seems to have kind of come back to earth. He is at min price at 6K. Sahith, 8,000. 
and then uh, Minwoo Lee at 7,600. So this is going to be a Sahith and Minwoo are going to be the chalky selections. You know, where, where people go, uh, where, where it all shakes out, I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, Minwoo's at 76. Sahith is at 8,000. You're paying up a little bit more for that, for, for that guy. I mean, right? I mean, it's one of those two, clearly, right? Yes, I still want to go Minwoo. Do you? Man, I just feel like his... He did play here last year, Sahith. Uh, yeah, he was 1-1-1 one, one, and one last year. Just the way he's playing and his, um, you know, probably hitting that two iron off the tee a lot mm-hmm. all day long. Um, he can Minwoo, score. 47th in the world golf ranking and not currently in the Masters. That's a big, big, big key. Sahith is in, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, and just the way Fitzy's playing right now, it just seems so lost, and then watch him win this group. But <laughs> I I would, even if there's chalk there with Minwoo, he's, he's the one for me. I could see Minwoo Lee making it into the Elite Eight Final Four, somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on. John Rahm's Group 2 is going to play the winner of Cam Young as your lead dog in Group 15. Cam Young just announced today that he is now blessed with Paul Tesori on the bag. Longtime yeah. caddy for Webb Simpson uh, and a friend of the Tour Junkie show. He's been on the show a couple of times. We know Paul very well. Great guy. Uh, is now with Cam Young. Him and Webb seemingly very amicably parted ways uh, after yesterday. And uh, after 12 years, they're going to be moving on. Um, very interesting. And I mean, I think, I mean, <laughs> that's got to have a fantastic effect on Cam Young. I, I don't know. I don't know who his caddy was. I sh- probably should, but I'm sure whoever it was, great, great caddy, good guy. But I mean, Paul Tesori is one of the top caddies in golf. He was a fantastic player himself, played on the PGA Tour, uh, was Webb's coach and caddy for a long time. Um, I just think Paul Tesori is going to bring an immense amount of wisdom and uh knowledge and uh just everything needed to cam young An- another wake forest demon deacon so he's going from wake forest demon deacon to wake forest demon deacon there paul sorry but good graph for, for for cam young the struggles with him has been on the greens which i think mm-hmm. Paul sorry obvious uh help there this could be this could be like a ted scott scotty scheffler situation like, I, I think it's a great move um for cam young for sure i think um you know, and this is what happens too with these guys that you know that he's been with Webb a long time. You know, sometimes it just runs its course. It doesn't mean they don't like each other or whatever. It just happens. And I think um, he will definitely be good for Cam because you know, like you said, Cam has struggled around the greens. I think it'll um, having a guy like with his experience, like Paul Tesori on there, and Tesori's also like a, a daggum life coach around the golf course. You know, I mean, he's like a Ted Scott. You know, like he's yes. he's literally like. In your ear, he talks a lot. He's very positive, very motivational. That that yeah. kind of stuff is is always good. Um, so I, I think it can't be anything but a good thing for Cam. Yep. All right, let's take a look at John Rom's group, who will have to face the winner of the Cam Young group. Group two: Rom, Ricky, Billy, Keith Mitchell. This is a murderer's row group here. Um, I mean, obviously Billy Horschel's got a great record here, past champion here. I believe Rom and Ricky both have. Pretty solid match play records in general. Let's take a look. Ricky Fowler is 12, 8, and 5 overall. 
one and two here, which I don't really put a ton of stock into that. If it's only played, you know, only played one year in group play and he went one and two, no big deal. But 12, eight and five, plenty of match play experience for Ricky Fowler. John Rahm is 12, seven and three here, 13, eight and three overall. Keith Mitchell, two, three and one here. And uh, that's his overall as well. Billy Horschel, 10, five and two here, 13, eight and two overall. John Rahm is at 11,000 even. Ricky Fowler is at 8,200. Billy Horschel is at 7,900. And Keith Mitchell is at 8,100. To me, the first one out that I feel like I can eliminate is Billy Horschel. The ball striking has just been terrible. The form has been bad. Like, sure, there's variance, right? And so, yeah, a guy like Billy Horschel could come out of his group. But coming out of a group with Keith Mitchell, Ricky Fowler, and John Rahm, the way they're playing right now, I don't see that happening. So, not willing to embrace that kind of variance. Um, this is really this is a very tough decision between Keith Mitchell, Ricky Fowler, and John Rom. I don't know. It may depend on how I end up building lineups. Um, you know, feeling a little better about like Scheffler coming out of his group, or um, what was the other chalky guy I'm eating up top? Um, who was it? Oh, Homa coming out of his group. Maybe even Spieth. I might rather just use the savings on a different stud because I think John Rom could get caught here, which might push me to Fowler or Keith Mitchell. Fowler is on the outside looking into Augusta as well at 59th in the world. Keith Mitchell is inside at 45 in the world. And um, let's see, what else? Fowler and uh, Keith Mitchell is 18th in the Ryder Cup standings. Fowler 21st. So they're kind of way out there. But what do you think? Well, I mean, could this could this be a group that you think of? Um, you took think of possibly going with two guys. Yeah, I and can. I say that because I think with the group they have to go against next, the winner, yeah, of either Cam Young, Davis Thompson, Sepp Strzok, and Corey Connors, a lot of question marks in that group. Um, so I feel like if you have the winner of this this Rom Ricky group, um, they've got a really good shot to move into at least the you know the round of 16. So yeah. um, for me, this could be a chance where you go with, you know, a, a Ricky and a Rom or a Ricky and Keith Mitchell go a little different there. And then, you know, take your chances of, of not getting, you know, of maybe a chalky Rom and an expensive Rom, you know, getting pushed out. Um, so that, that might be what I would lean to do. But if I'm taking one guy, I think I'd probably go Ricky here. I, I like the way he's I think playing. That's where I'm leaning to. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so, I eighty two hundred. I, I can't imagine that any one of those three will be super chalky because I think it could get spread out. Yeah, I agree. Which may mean if people go by that optimal bill too, right? Then and they're only going to pick one player out of group two and fifteen. Which I mean, the, the, you know, maybe only half of people will do it in a large public contest. But if they're only going to pick one guy out of group two and fifteen, you you know, it's probably going to come from group two. So that means that the guys here in group 15 are also probably you're going to get some leverage on Cam Young being the stud. Yeah. Uh, and, and Cam Young is, uh, is priced at 9,200. Davis Thompson is at 6,200. That's like damn near minimum. Sepp Straka is at 6,100. And Corey Connors, who went deep last year, is at 7,900. I mean, to me, Connors is out because I, I, don't, I don't feel like he's that much of a better player for that much more of a, of a price tag, I'm out. 
and then Sepp is out for me. So to me, it's either Davis Thompson. Oh, or- come on. Why are you taking Sepp out, man? I just, uh, I, I, I get more keyed up over Davis Thompson. I don't know. I just, yeah. I mean, almost won on Pete Dye design at PJ West that lost to John Rahm. Um, you know, maybe he's like, I, I want my, I want my revenge on Rom. Come out of Group 15, take down yeah. John Rom in Group Two. Um, Davis Thompson also 69th in the world outside looking in to the Masters. Yeah. We um, know he's top 100 in the world because he told you me that. He told you that. That's true. You need to. You know, that was a that was a good interview. <laughs> uh, so I think for me in this one, it's either Cam Young or Davis Thompson. Cam Young is very tempting, so I could. Pro- probably lean, probably lean there. So, yeah, I'm not so sold on just throwing out Corey Connors yet. Are you? You're not sold. I, I just, and usually I'm not a big Connors fan. Yeah. Um, but he is a great ball striker. He's gonna be, you know, now the putting is 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 could be an issue, but he's he's gonna be, he's gonna be really solid. Probably not, you know messing up a whole lot against you which is good like you know sometimes when you're playing match play you're just hoping that somebody like throws one out of bound or something you get an easy win you're not going to get an easy win off of Corey connors i don't think no but the putter is just going to be maddening he did finish he finished third here he won the uh he won the um consolation match on on sunday so finished third last year but i don't know I, i think i'm out all right, let's get to these last couple groups, and uh, we'll okay. wrap this up. Group 7 and Group 10 playing each other. Group 7, led by Willie Z, Will Zalatoris, um, who is at 8900 Andrew Putnam at 6000 bare minimum price. Ryan Fox, 7000 and Harris English is at 6900 So, I mean, Will Z gets kind of a, a nice draw here. Um, Harris English is at 43rd in the world golf ranking, uh, and he has not qualified for the Masters, so he's just got to stay in there, which I would imagine he does pretty easily. He's 14th in the Ryder Cup rankings. Um, and I think Will Z is like way outside of the Ryder Cup rankings, actually. And other than that, I don't think there's anybody else that we need to put on watch here. Six, Andrew Putnam, 68th in the world. To me, this might be a group where I go and get some leverage, possibly, uh, but I definitely save some money, and I might, I might go ahead and grab Ryan Fox. That's a, exactly what I was thinking. I was actually just trying to look in here and see. Um, what, where did he finish at the players? Wasn't it pretty good? Yeah, he, uh, he had a good week at the players. Uh, he was in our 6K draft. He finished 27th at the players, 14th at the Arnold Palmer. Yeah, Ryan Fox is really interesting to me here. Uh, do we have any? So Willie Z, 4-3-1 and one here. We don't have anything on Ryan Fox. We don't have... Uh, I mean, Harris English, we've got a little bit of record on. Um, he is 5-5 five and five overall and 1-2 and two here in Austin. Andrew Putnam, 1-2 and two in Austin. So not, not much of anything. But I mean... If you look at Ryan Fox though, and the way he's been playing lately, just at the start of this year, now in Abu Dhabi at the HSBC Championship, he finished 65th, but he started 71-66, and then he had a terrible Saturday where he shot 79. Mm-hmm. But then at the Hero in Dubai, he finished top 20. Uh, 11th in the next event after that, which I can't um, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. And then at the Singapore Classic 17th, and then, like you said, API 14th 
27th at the players. He's been playing super well. I mean, good enough yeah. to win out of this bracket for sure. Yeah, I agree. Or this group. Um, all right, let's get to group 10, who will play the winner of the Wills Autors group. Final group for us, Tony Finau, <clears throat> Christian Bezadenhut, Kirk Kitayama, Adrian Moronk. Finau is at 9,800. Sebez is at 67. Here, Kitty Kitty is at 76. And Moronk is at 6,400. Another nice price savings there on Moronk. Um, in terms of world golf ranking, nobody in here that's really a bubble boy, but we do have Moronk at 16th in the European Tour Ryder Cup standings and playing very well lately. I see Darren's in the chat talking about him as a possible dark horse. I agree. I, I, I really I do like Adrian Moronk quite a bit. Finau is actually 16th in the U.S. Ryder Cup rankings. So a couple of guys 16th in the Ryder Cup rankings. I mean, I don't yeah. think Finau necessarily has to prove himself uh, in terms of a, a match play situation to the same extent that maybe maybe Maroc has to. Um, Tony Finau has a 7-7-2 and two record overall in match play, a 5-6-1 and one record here at uh, at Austin. Sebez, 1-5-1 overall and 0-5-1 here at Austin. He has been terrible here um and who else am i looking for not Morocco, but oh kitty i'm probably nothing in Morocco. we i don't know that we have anything on him either so yeah. what do you think here i mean this is i want to go i want to go with adrian Morocco. do you that's what i want to do here i i think i want to lean i think i want to lean Morocco and but Finau is tempting to me he's tempting i, well, I think he's yeah, a I mean, stud that gives you I think he's a stud that probably will go a little low owned considering how talented he is. Um, I mean, he's, he's finished 17th, 40th, 28th, 35th here, years past. He's still playing well. I mean, 19th at the Players, 24th at API, 20th at the Genesis, 14th at Phoenix, 9th at the Farmers. Like, he's just not having, he hasn't had a whole lot of, we haven't been talking about Tony Finau trying yeah, to win. Because we're not seeing him, you know, on Sundays. Right. He's still playing. Right. He's still playing solid, and I agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, if you want to be safe here, he's the one to play. But if if you think you uh, if you want to get frisky, I think Maracas is a, yeah. is a good one. You could see a you know round two, Ryan Fox, Adrian Maracas. Just looking, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, if I'm visualizing my bracket, I could actually see that happening. <laughs> well, that's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to go ahead and write out your brackets, visualize yes. it, write it all out. You know, do some do some of those scenarios where you're you're filling it all the way out and see if you can buy it. You know, see, and it also helps to do that and and do that before you you build your DraftKings lineups and then kind exactly. of reference that to kind of say, okay, if if this is who I think is coming out of here, you know, then maybe I need to go pull this guy and not not pair these two guys together and and let's build at least somewhat optimally, right? We we well, we always want to build optimally, but you don't have to be like perfect as we've I think we've hammered that home. To this point, um, Pat, we did have a wonderful 6K draft again last week. This time, we had four players out of the six make the cut. Uh, the Woo boy, I think it was Dylan Woo, finished 58th. Uh, MJ Duffy finished 19th. Our boy Smoth Daddy, Austin Smotherman, 36th. And Jason Duffner, the, uh, he was the family sweat bet trying to get a top 20, finished 36th. Only Tano Goya and Zach Johnson missed the cut. So a fantastic 6K draft we had. I mean, do we do we want to do one right now, or do we want to, do we feel like we've gone long enough here? I mean, I think we could maybe give, although it's going to be, we could maybe give six uh, six guys in here that we think could you know could come out of their groups. All right, let's go quickly. Okay. 
Um, you want me to start? Yeah, you start. All right, Denny McCarthy at 6,900. Yep, I was looking at that one. Um, okay, I will go... I think there's a chance Ben Griffin... I think there's a chance Ben Griffin sneaks out of his, uh, his situation. 60, okay. 65, I like, I like the, the value there where I can't find where this guy is because the font is so damn small on this sheet. Okay, anyway. All right. Yeah. So then I would go... Um, he is uh man, I'm just trying to make sure I'm not going uh group four KH Lee. Yeah. Sixty four hundred. Yeah, I like that a lot. All right, well I'll make this easy because we've already talked about uh where is he? Ryan Fox. Oh shit, he's seven K. All right, well I'll go Moroc. I was about to say I knew you were gonna go there. Moroc okay. sixty four. Um Well then, um I we talked about this one too. I'll go down to Davis Thompson then. Group 15, mm. 6,200. Okay. Oh, I'm tempted. Yeah, one more. I got, there's a number of, uh, that one's tough. Um, Davis Thompson. Oof. I think I'm tempted to go either Poston or Perez. I think Poston might have the easiest way out. Easier way out. Both are tough. Which one do you like better? I have Perez for me, but do Perez got Svensson Day and Morikawa. That just seems like like Day Morikawa is always whatever. Poston Sungjae, oh Fleetwood and McNeely. That's tough too. Ah, uh, God, I'm gonna go Poston just because, just because he's our boy. So, Denny McCarthy, Ben Griffin, Cage Lee, Adrian Moronk, Davis Thompson, J.P. Post. There it is. That is the DraftKings DFS preview betting show. We're going to talk about picking our, picking our group picks, outrights, fun stuff. Love the match play. We're also going to cover some Corrales stuff. Uh, I'll make sure I hit that. The chat on Tuesday night this week instead of Wednesday night. Pay attention to that. Tons of content coming out this week, but it's all going to be like jammed up. So, let's have a great week. May your screens be green. See you. Oh!